Hello and you're very welcome onto episode 3 of the Angus to the Fore podcast. On this week's episode, Owen chats to Shane Murphy of the Irish Aberdeen Angus Association. They chat about Shane's herd, the association, getting involved with the association, the Angus breed and much more. This podcast is a part of our entry into the Certified Irish Angus Schools Beef Competition sponsored by Keypack and ABP. Since the last episode was recorded, we were announced as one of five finalists in the competition. We will now receive five Irish Angus calves and rear them for 18 months alongside our research project. We will receive our calves at the National Ploughing Championships in Ratanishka this September. We are really looking forward to this event and we are delighted to have reached this stage of the competition. To follow our project to date, access to our innovative bullfinder, videos, new podcast episodes, news and much more, visit angustothefore.com. Now for Owen's chat with Shane Murphy. Hi Shane, thanks for speaking with me on the podcast. No problem at all, thanks for having me. Firstly, Shane, can you introduce yourself? I suppose your whereabouts, your interest in, in agriculture. Yeah, so I suppose uh, my name is Shane Murphy, um, based just outside Mellow. I suppose ten miles north of Mellow in North Cork, um, heavy populated dairy country. Um, so we're obviously in the Angus game, but um, surrounded by dairy. Um, would have studied agriculture in college um, as well as egg science in school but um, would have studied level 8 degree in animal science above a new city um, and graduated out of that in 2016 look the, the passion for farming was always there uh, as a young fella um, father was depopulated from dairy in 1982 so that was the year I was born and he was one he moved on into Suckland so we were always in Suckland farm here since then and I suppose I would have started up the Angus herd in as well in 2007 so um, that's just a brief background look I'm sure we'll dig into more as it goes on and I suppose in the break of the dairy to the pedigree breeding was it just the commercial suckler herd ran the farm chain yeah, exactly that. So what we were running was mostly um, cemental out of Frisian cows. So you're getting your brown cemental and going back on the Charlie Bull. Um, and then we'd be selling all of them as weanlands come September, October time straight out of the yard. So it wouldn't have been going to the market. And we'd a very good customer base of people that came in. And one man took the, the bulls and another man took the heifers. Um, very easy to maintain your cow over the winter. And then we'd be calving down. February to the middle of March in a tight cabin pattern as well. So it was a very even bunch of uh, cattle when it came to the autumn thing. And then the Angus herd, did it just slowly, you know, where did the interest start, I suppose? You said 2007, was it something you picked up on yourself and just grew it from there? Exactly that. So I suppose 2007, I was 14 years old, so I was only a young fella, but um, I was saving a bit of money here and there, you know, as it builds up through the confirmations and that. And look, I wanted to do something in the farming route and um, I kind of wanted to go a different route then we were at home just to have something that I could call my own um, and we have a very good neighbour up here um, Timmy Toomey of the Vega herd um, right next door so um, the choice to go Angus was based on obviously having a good neighbour but also I was still in school um, and I wanted a return every year so when I looked at a few of the other pedigree breeds um, obviously you wouldn't have the fertility that the Angus have or the easy calf and that the Angus have so you were nearly no, I know it's no guarantees when you're dealing with livestock but nearly guaranteed money um, with your pedigree Angus so yeah, that's yeah. that's what led us down that route so you're um, registering under the, mer- the Mercury Angus prefix you've had a lot of success there in, in recent times be it sale toppers or All-Ireland champions and everything in between it. So just tell us a bit more about the Angus herd. How many breeding cows is the herd consistent today and whatnot, Shane? Yeah, so there's, I suppose, a different few stages to that. Um, look, from 2007, I was trying to buy as much as I could as the years went on. Um, but like that, father was working off a farm. I was in school. And catching cows for AI wasn't um, our strong point, we'll say. So we went away and we picked out an Angus bull um, and that was only in 20, 2008 sorry um, and that bull would have came from Jerry Hinchy uh, from the first I would heard he was very very good to me as a young fella um, and 
as it ended up. I ended up buying a lot of cattle from, from him. He was down in Limerick and his neighbour, Michael Sheehan, who's still breeding today, have a lot of more prefix. Again, someone who was very good to me through the years. Um, they were buying the best of the best, not just in Ireland, but around the world uh, through inbred transfers. There was genetics coming from New Zealand, America, Canada, um, Scotland, and a lot of the best lines in Ireland as well. So look, I spent a lot of time down there trying to get down there as much as I could to them two herds um, and ended up buying a good share of cattle over the following years. That would have made up the backbone of our herds uh, or our herd here. Um, with the, the Angus Dockbull on the farm in 2008, um, we actually started using him on the commercial cows as well that were left and gradually over the years we phased out the commercial cows and replaced them with Pedro Angus so by far myself and father went into full partnership then um, and just built on from there I suppose so that's what really got me into breeding was um, buying them lines from the likes of Jerry Hinch and Michael Sheehan um, the first major purchase I suppose was the autumn of 2009 um, I bought an evening tinge family line and the lady blossom family line now how it actually came about was I seen a bull in the field at Jerry Hinch's place um, that I wanted and back then I only had six cows and he told me the bull was too good to be only used on six cows but um, he made an arrangement with me that if I spend X amount of money on females that he'd give me the bull and no one for two years um, so that's what happened I bought an evening tinge cow, mature cow, that would have came from Pat Fulham's old herd, um, and I bought a Lady Blossom line, which would have been coming from the Belvin line that goes through Bova, which I had in Lafayette Bulls over the past number of years. Um, and really, that's where I kick-started the Tinge Cow, came in calf to a bull called First on El Rossi, which was the El Lerica line from Robert, crossed with Robert and Lord Ross, and that was probably the best cow that ever came onto the place, I would say. Um, and the idle bull as well kind of set the pace for what we were going to go go through over the next couple of years. And um, we used an idle bull on the original even tinge cow. And her first calf was a bull calf, and it was champion at the Munster Angus Breeder Sale in 2012. Um, and sold for four six it was in top price back then for a number of years. Um, and then I used idle on that El Rossi daughter that came out of the even tinge, and she bred a bull called Mercury Knight. We had a great success in 2013. Would have been first prize at Two All Ireland's Reserve overall um, at the National Calf Show and Reserve overall at the Elite Sale in December, um, even only 11 months old. So that kind of started us off there. Um, back in 2010 as well, Michael Sheen and Jerry Hinch had a sale together and they were the souls a number of them top lines that I was speaking about. We bought into the floor line there and the elder line there. And again, they proved. Um, very worthwhile for us as the years progressed um, and in 2014 then we would have had the, the overall champion um, with a son of the Allen Erica Cow um, and the overall champion sorry down Ivork for the LD competition um, in more recent years I suppose um, there was so I, I started working with the Farmers Journal straight out of college in 2016 I wasn't home and um, and there was just a lot of stuff going on on the home at the home place, so the decision was made to have a sale in 2018. Um, we obviously wanted to keep a few around the place, but thought that wouldn't be fair in anyone if we just brought what we didn't want. So uh, the decision was made to flush a few of the top cows um, and sell everything and give everybody a choice. Obviously, there was higher reserves on some lots, but the sale was a roaring success, thank God. Um, and we were actually left with no animals on the farm after because they'd all sailed past the reserves. Now, we put in the embryos straight away from a number of them cows. Um, so the, the idle even Tinge, which was called Fab Tinge, she had a daughter in the sale, and we flushed her, and we flushed Fab Tinge. Um, the daughter in the sale would buy first or the piece, and she sold for 8000 That was the second top price of the sale. Um and there was a floor daughter that sold for eight one, um, and the calf off of Lovely Tinge, which sold for eight thousand, would have been bought by Dovea for five and a half thousand at nine months old. So he would have been the top male price in twenty eighteen. So we actually got the the top male, top female, uh, and top average that year. So 
we were delighted with that. Uh, and then obviously COVID hit, so there wasn't nothing happening. We put in our embryos um, that we had. Now we only got three females. Um, out of all the embryos we flushed, so we had the Alnerica, two even tinges. Um, one of them embryos was Mercury special tinge. Um, and then some of you may know, she went on to win the Supreme All Ireland Championship last year in Oral Castle. Uh, as a first calf or two year old first calf with a calf of foot um, and then the other major success I suppose was back in 2021 December um, when Mercury Red Isabel Kim sold for 13-2 which would have been the top price in Ireland for a number of years uh, and is the top Red Angus price across Europe so look that, that line was got into again she was out of a cow called Ludamore Kim which would have been offered for sale in Carrick and Shannon back in 2012. I wa- wanted to buy her that day, but my funds weren't as good as Ryanair's funds. So, um, luckily, when I called to Joe after the sale and told him I was interested in buying the cow, he told me straight away no. But <laughs> he was happy enough to leave to go with one of the daughters. And that was the mother that uh, bred the red heifer. So, look, again, very thankful for Joe and the games down hurt for, for leaving her go. Um, that's that's about the most we look we're, we're back, building back up numbers again um, I'm at home with this job now most days um, I won't say every day but most days working from home a lot so uh, I put up a new shed this year uh, for bulls and we're hopefully going to increase numbers back up to where we were maybe around the 25 to 30 cow mark but at the moment there was 16 cows calving this year very good uh, you mentioned embryo transfers is, is it just something recent coming up to the sale um, in 2018 that you decided to go for or are you always in and out with it no that would have been our first um, go at it um, a lot of them cows we were buying would have been the result of embryo transfer but we never done it ourselves um, I suppose Angus females at the time weren't to the same price as they are now or have been the last five years when we were buying them foundation cattle we were getting them a lot cheaper and look it wouldn't have benefited to buy a very expensive one and timber transfer her when you get females of a similar quality for less money that would cost us so look it would have been all new to us um uh, as you may know it's kind of a lottery you can get very lucky or very unlucky and um, that's a special tinge cow smother who we flushed that's all for eight thousand we would have flushed her got 18 eggs thought we were elected um, and put in 15 of them but only got two calves so um, they don't count your ducks before they, they, they hatch anyway so um, her mother didn't Fab Tinge Cow would have gave five embryos and we got five calves so look it's just a pure lottery um, we still do a small bit of it today we would have been flushing back as recent as December um, and again we got 11 eggs out of one uh, and got one fertilised out of the 11 and another cow we got nine eggs out of um and I think we got six calves coming, so yeah, all I go. Okay, and from the point of the sale when the embryos, um, I say, hit the ground and you started rebuilding the herd, did you just focus on on keeping going with with them uh, embryo calves, or did you buy in more uh, heifers or stocks in? Yeah, buying stock. As I kind of mentioned, we weren't expecting the sale to go as well as it was, so we thought we'd be left with some. Um, so we kind of went rebuilding straight away. Um, so one of the first purchases was um, the Kegelstown Kestrel, which is over the Kim line. Um, obviously, I, I loved her mother. and I went, I went to Joel trying to buy the mother, but that wouldn't happen. So we got her, and we actually got another, another descendant from that line. So it would have been a daughter of Kesha's half-sister uh, by King Kong. So it would be very closely related to Joe's sales upper this year in the bull section. Um, so we, we bought them two. And the other ones we bought as well was we went down to Michael Sheehan's again in Ludmore. And the Elnerica line, we obviously had in our farm, but we'd only a few embryos out of that. So I went to try to buy... Um, a few descendants from a cow who was Ludamore in America K094 which I kind of consider to be the, the best animal in the country at that time she would have been junior all Ireland champion back in 2012 I think um, she was a Roman out Elliot Erica um, so I ended up buying two daughters for her and a granddaughter as well at that time so one was by FBI one was by um, Michael Stockwell at the time Prairie Cloud and then the other was a daughter of the FBI cow by Ross or Eric so that would have made up the basis then of 
to restart, we'll say, with the, the heifer calves that came from Nimbrus. Okay. And then uh, you mentioned you were running a stock bull from earlier on. Has the the perspective around that changed? Have you a stock bull currently with the herd, or are you adding more sores and mixture at the minute, Shane? Yeah, this year's crop would have been a bit of a mixture. Um, and the last number of years, I suppose, we wore, but... They, Look, there's a lot to be said for the ease of a stock fund. Um, and I, I just find if you spend the money and do enough research, you'll be able to buy ones as good as anything that's available in the eye. Um, a few AI calves we have this year, mostly boss hogs, we'd have pro horse um, and But we've also used stock ones. So we used one young bull that, we, that was uh, the result of the embryo calves after the restart. And um, he was sexy Eric, so he was a fion out of America, so he'd be very closely related to the red. And um, we actually bought the son of the sail topper, so the calf that was inside the sail topper in 2018. So out of that floor, I would have made it one by our previous stock, but a little more just the business. And he was running with the cows for the last three years. We were sold him last year, and um, we're very happy to calves out of him. And then Last year as well, we bought a 10-year-old bull. Um, you might think we're mad buying a 10-year-old bull, but he's very proven. He would have been like a Sheen's old stock bull. Um, Prayers Town Evolver. So it originally came from Jerry Hinch's herd. Uh, and he'd be the sire of AI Bull Ludamore Edge. And he would also bred the uh, uh, stock bull of the year in the Minster Club competition for Medical Tyke, um, Ludamore Earl. Um, so look, we've got a few calves off of him now this year. Very, very low birth weight. He's got a very good DBI um, and has been proven across dairy heifers. So that, that was the idea of bringing him in for the, the heifers, um, the heifer calves that were coming off the Corey steel bull, steel bull that was on the floor. Um, more recent purchases, I suppose, was McCormick Paramount in Sterling, February 12 months ago. Um, we purchased him for over 8,000 euro um, in partnership with the Tara Hurt of Maliki Tig and Mead. Um, so Maliki had the first calves off of him this spring uh, we got him this year and he's after going to Everton now since February so we're after pushing back calves until, until November um, so he's got bulls and heifers so the majority of the calves next year will be coming off him and then the last bull we bought was again a McCormick bull it was actually bought at the yearsly dispersal back in November um, and that was McCormick Capaldi so he goes back to the Kim line that is the same as the red heifer with assault um, by Robert Inchester, but you couldn't get over here. So something a bit different. And look, we were seeing calves off of him and be very happy with him. So hopefully it's the same over here. Right. I suppose what's your your uh, key points to look at when when buying uh, stock or females? Like you, you don't seem afraid to maybe buy more proven older stock when you mentioned Jigginstown Kestrel and uh, the Friarstown Bull. Uh, are you looking at bloodline in these stock or, or physical appearance of them or I suppose a mixture of all Shane is it? It's a mixture of all really look majority is I'm definitely looking at the bloodlines, but a lot of the bloodlines I'm looking out for would have been um from lines I would have seen in the past. So since two thousand and nine I suppose I've been going to the Sterling Bull sales nearly every February and a lot of the October sales. And it's not really to see what you like or see what you don't like. And <laughs> you kind of avoid them, but obviously you see the, the lines that are doing well. I would have travelled over to likes of Canada and also Scotland and England, looking at herds as well uh, and just looking for what I like as well as Ireland, of course. Um, but just when you like something, you kind of stick with it and you kind of follow it through. So it mightn't be able to get a direct descendant of her, but it might be a granddaughter or a great-granddaughter of a cow that you liked. And I kind of stick by that. Figures, look, are coming into play more and more. Um, a lot of bulls were important, wouldn't be hectic on figures, but they generally come up once they become more proven. Um, the last two bulls now I mentioned would be low enough on replacement index, but a lot of it is when the daughters come into play and they start keeping time in their calving interval and you get a few weights in for what the calves are doing on their milk, that will raise away in time. Um, but generally just looking after the, the pedigree side of it, but definitely they have to take the box and the, the eye as well. So, um, and obviously be functional. That's the main thing. Um, do you tend to try bring cattle to shows or bull to society sales or, or what's the thought on that with the herd at the minute? Is it all private sales with your bulls or uh, in terms of your show cows? I know you won the All-Ireland last year. 
Um, have you yeah. more lined up for this year, um, or what's the story that way? Look, for the, this year, there's two nice young bulls calves there born in September this year. I hope to get them out at some of the shows for the club calf finals, um, ran by the Munster Angus Club. As for the All Ireland, I don't think I'll go out this year. Um, just time, 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 time. So um, it's catching up with me now. Last year, I obviously had that heifer trained as a young calf, and then I trained up the the baby calf that was on there. But she actually only went to two shows, so she went to Cork shows the training day and up to the All Irelands. Um, and then she retired after that again. And look, it, it does come down to time and management and being able to put in the time ahead of the shows, not in the show day. There's no problem with me kind of on the show days, but um, to bring them out to the the best that you can, you really have to put in hours and hours in events of the event. Um, and at the moment, look, I don't have time for that. Um, so there will be a few to go out. I think it's a great shop window. I think, um, especially for new people getting in, it's been great to me for getting my name out there. Um, so we'll, we'll always do a small bit of it. Uh, and that's the plan going forward. But I kind of tend to only bring out if I have something that's really exceptional. Um, you know, because for the time that goes into it, you, you really need to be reaping the rewards when you go. Um, with regards to the young bulls, everything was sold from home this year. I had a few put aside, but just the demand was too good at home with repeat business. That's um, everything was sold early on in the year, so there was nothing without this year. I, again, I'd like to go out uh, with young bulls just to get out there um, and to get their true value because definitely the bulls are making a true value of public auction this year. Yeah, and on the showing thing, like, do you think it, it's maybe you're maybe eased on it now because there's not so much in need? Do you think your herd is, is known of now? Maybe in the earlier days you were trying to make a name for yourself and you were at it more then? Yeah, there's a bit of it. There's a bit of it, definitely. Um, but I suppose when I was at it early, the, the biggest year we would have been shown was kind of 2011, 2012. I would have been kind of in the break year and starting college back then. Uh, and I was definitely just at, at home more, so it allowed me to do more. Um, and, but like you said, getting the name out there. The, the other big thing about getting them out there is um, bulls are at an all-time high, whereas before, if you brought a bull out um, to the summer shows, there was a chance of getting them sold for a higher price, whereas we're getting a lot in prices from the yard now without having to do that extra work. Yeah. Um, sure. Look, I suppose, Shane, we'll move on to talking about the Irish Aberdeen Angus Association and, and your role within it as, as Breed Secretary of the Association as of recently. So, firstly, can yeah. you tell us about the Irish Aberdeen Angus Association, its purpose and the way in which it was formed? Yeah, so look, the association is actually one of the oldest learners. Um, it goes back to 1879, so over 140 years. Um, but in more recent years, it's changed massively, and that has been come about predominantly by Brexit. So the association, as the name suggests, would have always been a part of Scotland. So the Aberdeen Angus Cattle Society in Scotland, which would have been the original herbook for the Aberdeen Angus breed. Um, and then the Irish Aberdeen Angus would have been an association of that, similar to some other places as well. Um, but we would have started up in 144 years ago. Brexit would have came in and UK would have been no longer able to register any cattle in Europe. Um, so obviously because Ireland's in Europe, that included us. Um, so a decision had to be made um, to set up as a brand new company. And this is definitely only possible um, due to the tirelessly work, I'm not sure if they slept at all, of uh, the president of the time, John Mackerel, and the ex and the vice president, Eustace Burke, who's now gone in as our current president. Um, but they put in serious amount of hours as well as the extended council to make sure that this got over the line, so much so that uh, the breeding program was actually only accepted um the week before it, the first of January twenty twenty one when it had to be accepted by. Um so look that's what happened. It's set up as a new company, so we're now the Irish Happening Association CLG. But with the, the problems also came great opportunity and the people that were in office at that time, uh, maybe Eustace and John, I suppose, on the top table, and had the foresight to see that, look, we won't be able to register in Scotland, but they also won't be able to register anywhere across the EU. 
So the decision was made that Ireland would become the base for all EU registration. So now our new office in Tune, County Galway, is now the base for that. Um, Dr. Felicity McGrath would have um, came on board as the general manager back in early 2021. Um, and then I would have joined in January 2022 and came in as breed secretary and Felicity would have gone to technical manager. Um, look, we're, we're fairly blessed in the association to have someone of Felicity's capabilities inside you. Um, there's no problem too big. The bigger the problem, the happier she is. And she really got things on the road um, to where they should be going. Um, she gives the most of the, the Europeans. Um, and look, we'll talk about a bit more, but she's, she's a lot of plans in store for them. And uh, a lot of plans already come into fruition. So, um, that's where we are at the moment. We're now registered for 17 different countries um, on the verge of 80. And we'll be coming with, put in perspective, look, we've gone from 300 members nationally um, to nearly 500 nationally, not including me, you. And in a registrations perspective, we've gone from just like 3,000 registrations where we'll be hitting off five figures hopefully by the end of the year. Um, so there's not many companies that have been tripping their growth <laughs> over the space of three years, so we're very happy with what we're doing. Yeah, that's for sure. I suppose with the EU, then, you're saying 17 countries. Is that Ireland plus 16, Shane, it is? Ireland plus 16 at the moment, and um, look, I imagine in the space of the next two weeks, we'll be up to um, 17 targets, So Okay. And uh, how's that working? Are you, uh, as an association, approaching uh, European countries to, to get involved, or have they no other outlet that they almost have to um, look to the yeah, Irish Abbey Angus Association? Most of them would have um, independent societies within their countries. Um, a lot of the members that initially came would have been ones that would be generation of Scotland. Um, but no, our breeding program has to be accepted by each of the country's departments of agriculture. And um, once it's accepted in, we're allowed to register there. Some are easier than others um, to get past. There's some that are accepted within weeks, some are accepted within months, and some are pushing on years. Um, the reason the breeders are coming to us from them countries instead of going to the independent is really because of the events is that we can offer them. So we're the most uh, efficient at providing um, certificates. We're offering them genotypes, uh, genomics for all their animals um, through ICBF, which they can't get in their own countries. When they get out of pedigree stuff from us, they've got um, full genomic profiles as well as all my results printed on the piece of paper that they have. Okay, yeah. So, um... Just move on, I suppose, and tell us a bit about your role, Shane, within the association as breed secretary. Yeah, so I, I suppose people ask me this all the time, and I never have an answer for them because there's, there's nothing really defined in what I do. I suppose I'm a, a jack of all trades. Um, I could be answering the phones, I could be dealing with the membership, um, I could be dealing with industry, such as ICBF, the departments, whoever. Um, but a, a lot of it, I suppose, is promotion of the breed. Um, and driving it forward and making sure we maintain our position as number one beef breed in the country. Um, and the way we do that is just using everything to our advantage uh, and driving with the best foot forward, making sure there's enough events for our members to promote, uh, enough events for our members to sell at, and make sure there's enough markets for our members' cattle. So look, we're always exploring avenues with exports across the country. So obviously with us having... 16 countries on board already and the possibility of trade between them countries is heightened and all the all the members will be working off the one index which is the icbf eurostar index and so look we're in constant contact with that as well and look just i suppose the main board call is making sure what the council decides to happen happens and look we're working on a number of key projects to ensure the uh, Angus Day, number one beef breed in the country, uh, and I think look, with some of the things we have in mind, we're, we're well on the way for that. Very good. Uh, am I right in saying you're developing a new app or website to further assist your Irish and EU breeders um, on calf registrations, I suppose, is it? Would you just tell us what yeah, that so might offer to the breeders? The new app is um, primarily for the EU members, so um, it, it's a it was designed with ICBF, and it's very, very similar to anybody that's using the Herd Plus app. 
over here. Um, and the only reason is for this, we're in a very, very unique situation compared to everyone else in the world where we're all working off one integrated system that's controlled by a CBF. So we've got the department feeding into that. We've got breed societies and we've got factories, milk recorders, weighers, everything's going into that one database. So like if, if we go onto our Herd Plus or we go onto any of our members' herd profiles, we can see an active list of what animals are in that herd, when they were born, and any animals that have been factoried or moved onto a different herd are automatically gone out of that herd. So we, when we look at one of them herd profiles, we know exactly what animals are there. And um, now, unfortunately, we don't have that for all of our EU members. So what the app is for is to create that active herd profile. So our EU members will have a login for that app. They'll be able to add the animals as they're born. That animal registration then will come straight across to us. Um, and then, obviously, when an animal leaves the herd, they'll remove it from the herd as well. They'll be able to see their profiles on it, uh, their calving profiles. They'll be able to see their figures. And um, so it really just brings them up to date with what we're already doing. Um, but obviously, on our front end as well, it streamlines, it streamlines everything we're doing. So where the, each of them uh, EU members used to have to notify the birth registrations by email or by paper to Felicity. Um, and then she put them up in the system to register. Now the, the breeders put them up on the app. The app is reporting to our system and our system's printed out the circuits and then out to the e-members. Okay. Uh, the app, is it is it launched yet or is that yet to happen, Shane? Yeah, it's fully active. Um, majority of our EU members are using it already. There's a few that are skeptical. <laughs> they're all getting their incentives and new. It'll just take a bit of time. And how can you find the app to, to access it? Um, so a separate link would have been sent to each of the EU members and they would have individual logins from that then as well. Very good. Uh, I suppose with the, the spring bull sales more or less finished, now uh, could you comment on the type of spring you and the Aberdeen Angus Association have seen for the trade of Angus bulls amongst your members? Yeah, nothing uh, short of exceptional. Um, I suppose the year it started back in February, the Midland and Western uh, Improvement Society above in Carrick held the sale in February. Um, and that was just off the charts for what used to be a tough enough sale for the last number of years. Um, the Mars sale was similar, another record high price there, I'd say, for a number of years. Um, and then we headed into our own sales, I suppose, in April. Uh, we kick-started with the Munster Abney Angus Club held their sale in Bandon. Um, average hits just shy of 4-2, which has never been seen down there before. Um, 100% clearance. Uh, we moved on then up to Tullow. That was our second year down there. Average was back a small bit from last year, but last year was just exceptional um for that sale it was a brand new sale we had a lower number of bulls now look the positive of tunnel was we sold an extra four bulls in the year so the average was back slightly but of more bulls sold in the tireless we had a brand new sale there and average was just shy of three six so very happy with that uh, and then our final sale was in nina uh, and we had 100% clearance of that and average was up over 200 so look overall we had 85% of all bulls that were sold to the association sales were sold, and the overall average for across the four sales was just shy of 36. So, mm. uh, exceptional year. Uh, long may continue. There was the, the biggest driver, I suppose, the last two years has been the increased use of sex semen. Um, dairy farmers are going in for the first three weeks with sex semen on the top 20 to 30% of their cows, and they're looking for a stronger more able Angus bull to go with cows, whereas it, it may have just been all dairy heifer market before that. So um, the increased number of registrations that we're seeing over the last 10 years in the pedigree circle is being replicated on the commercial side as well. And in other years, you'd, you'd say that, that average and clearance is definitely up? Yeah, look, if we, if we go back to three years ago, um, any sale we would have been at would have been all up to hit the two ways probably marked for an average so look, we're all talking about 800 euro average up and clearance again would probably be up in the region of 10 to 20 percent right yeah massive it's probably massive. something yeah, that we also have extra sales you know like if, if we go back to three years ago 
all we had was our, our Munster sale and our Nina sale where you know a ton on tourists and population. But I would say it's probably something the the Angus bulls are seeing more so than other breeds. Uh, I know maybe cattle in general are up in price, but the Angus are definitely up in price and quite a considerable margin. When, when you look at Angus cans going through March, but even they used to always say the only time you make money in Angus is when you hand them up, um, but that's all changed. <laughs> so whether you're selling calves, stores, or fat cattle through the market. There's serious premium to be paid because they're coming down from factory level for people killing through the producer groups. Yeah. And on top of that, like your own members take Jigginstown and, and list off. Um, had exceptional on farm sales too, like uh, Jigginstown an average of 4,800 for bulls. Uh, it must never have been seen that high before. No, like, um, look, credit to Joe and the team and Michael um, in Jigginstown. Um, they put on a serious display and have been doing for over 20 years now, I think. And, and they just grow and grow each year. They've got repeat business coming back to them. Obviously, the promotion side with them, if you can add to it, um, it benefits everybody in the Angus breed, not just that sale, but everybody in the Angus breed. But it brings up a different level to it. But there's not many people that will open up their gates and let a crowd like that answer our fans every every day, for a day every year. Um, so it's great to see them being rewarded first. Yeah. Um, I suppose in years to come, how do you see the, the trade being affected? Do you think it can still go strong or do you think there needs to be work done to, to keep the Angus in demand and keep the supply there as well? Um, definitely work needs to be done um, can there further improvements be made definitely look if you look at where we were eight years ago um, before quota was abolished we were talking about Dublin the Angus registrations nationally so I think we're up at 415,000 Angus calves by 2021 I reckon by the end of 2024 we could be close to 600,000 calves um, so that'd be tripling the numbers that we had by doubling the numbers, you would say that it should have affected price, but it hasn't. So it affected price in the opposite way. And that, look, that again, we take our hats off to work that's being done, I suppose, by ourselves and Angus Society, but more so um, the producer groups that are out there. There's some excellent initiatives, such as the, the Angus Schools competition, um, which has really brought um, to consumer and the Angus brands to one, we'll say, for young people coming through, there's only one breed they really know, and that's Angus, um, which we can only send us as they go to buy meat off the shelves. Um, so look, what needs to be done? I suppose we are a terminal breed. And we can't lose sight of our cavities and gestation in the, in the dairy market because that's 75% of all our cattle are coming from that. Um, but we need to understand that we are a terminal breed, so we need to be able to get them carcass weights and be able to do it off of grass, being able to convert. Um, so we, we need to use the best genetics we can for that. Um, and then obviously, look, the, the Angus breed is renowned for their, their meat eating quality. Um, and we just have to be sure that uh, we're breeding for that going forward as well because it's only a matter of time until factories start paying based on that and we have to make sure that the, the Angus is in front of that now based on research done by CBF we are number one in taste we are number one in texture but it's just about maintaining that position um, obviously the Angus breed works very favourably with regard to sustainability which everybody's throwing the buzzword at the moment um, and the reason for it is we are able to kill off the grass and we are able to kill before that second winter. And age of slaughter is the biggest contributing factor there. If we can get the animals away early, they can emit meathead, which will benefit our overall figure. So, look, we just have to make sure that our animal are able to hit the carcass weights out of freezing cows at, the, at as early an age as possible. And if we do that, there will be no fear of us. Look, the Irish Avenue Association, we're currently working on a number of projects um, and it's not if it's when they come to fruition um, it will not only protect our members and their customers and consumers but the Angus breed as a whole um, for a long long time I hope so look there has been work done by the association as well with that regard it's under wraps at the moment but as soon as we haven't we let you know yeah but I suppose like there's such a range then within the breed from the the top performing Angus uh, stock in the country to I suppose the worst performing like how do we 
get Everton on par, at least Everton pushed up a level? Like, what's the message to hit home to pedigree breeders or, or, you know, dairy or suckler herds using Angus in a commercial way? What needs to be said or told? Like, I, I suppose the biggest changing factor which will drive everything home is the CBV value for calves with commercial beef value. Now, that can only be done if calves are genotyped. But that would be the real telltale sign of what, excuse me, of what Angus bulls are producing and which aren't. And once we get that, um, I, I think the calf buyer will be choosing based on that. Um, and if he's able to get a calf that he knows is going to be more, more profitable, um, then it's the obvious choice. Now, where that comes into play is it's up to the dairy farmer to choose what bulls he's, been, he's using on these cows. So, obviously, if the uh, calf buyer is choosing based on CBV, then the dairy farmer needs to be choosing based on the beef sub-index of the dairy beef index. Um, so it, it can be a case where we're using cavities, 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 gestation, 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 generation on generation, because if you keep on focus on one, you're breeding for extremes, and what we need is the balance. Um, so it's about having that balance of cavities, short gestation, but also an animal that can grow. And meet the, the requirements at factory level, um, and I, I think the more data we get in, the easier it be to identify them better producing bulls. Yeah. Okay. Well, summed up there. I suppose give you a chance maybe to to advertise the association and what's coming up. Everyone seems to to want an Angus at the minute, be it you know continental breeders that wouldn't bat an eyelid to the Angus a few years ago are now getting into to breeding in small numbers. But I suppose for anyone interested in becoming a member and hoping to get, begin uh, with breeding their own Aberdeen Angus cattle, what sales are the Irish Aberdeen Angus Association organising to give breeders an opportunity to buy and sell Angus cattle? Yeah, so I suppose the major one on that is the Irish Aberdeen Angus Extravaganda. This is a brand new event that uh, we ran last year. So this was run in October. It's back for the 7th and 8th of October this year. And how we ran it was we had a premier sale, um, genetics excellence sale on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, we had the National Cash Show. Now we got 10,000 of a price fund for the Cash Show on the Sunday. Um, and we will have the same back this year. And the premier sale was all pre-inspected. Um, so I went around, I photographed each individual animal. We actually had 70 entries of females and we narrowed it down to 48 to keep the quality high. We got 10,500 for a 10-month-old bull last year. And we got 9.4, I think was the top for a female. Um, but there was a number past the five mark. Just the average came in at just shy 4,000 across bulls and heifers, which we were blown away by. And uh, I think clearance was up around 90%. So an exceptional sale, but um, it well-deserved for the, the breeders that brought out the standard of cattle they did. This year, I expect we'd have bigger numbers of entries, but we'd be maintaining the, the number that are going to the sale. So if we have 100 entries, it would still be around that 48 to 50 mark of females that are going. This should lead to increased quality. So it means it really is the place to go if you're looking for the, the top end Angus heifers this year. Um, Angus bulls will be limited. So we had eight bulls last year. It'll be less than 10 again this year. It's limited to animals that qualified through the club calf finals um, throughout the summer. So there's the ones I mentioned before. So in order to get into that sale, you have to have been shown and been successful as club calf qualifiers. So look, we're talking about 55 animals. We ran no show last year. And we actually ran no show at any of the bull sales this year. The idea behind that is obviously people are looking at the page of figures at the moment, but just for the extravaganza, you might look at it as much because people are mad on type. But there was no show, but the show the next day uh, was open to all animals that were in the premier sales. So if you bought a sale topper and you think it's good enough, you had a chance of getting a thousand euro back on your purchase the previous day, the next day. So that's the idea that we followed and worked out well last year. So I can't see many changes coming in this year. Um, with regard to other females for sale, because we'll have extra females that we won't be making the cut for the, the premium level. And we are likely running a second female sale, be it through a club or be it through ourselves. Um, but there will be plenty of good quality females available at that sale too. And um, for those looking to do a bit of business privately, we launched a new website last year, Irish Avenue Angus.com. And um, 
everything that the association is doing at the moment is on that but we also have a, a member finder on it so it allows you to go into an interactive map see who's around you uh, has contact details for anybody that's filled up their GDPR forms um, so for any breeders that are up there in your area you can contact them and see if they have any for sale either um, the other major events I suppose coming up we've got our All Ireland finals they're going to clean this year on the August Bank holiday Monday uh, it's our first time ever going to that show and delighted to be accepted by the, the show up there and look we have the Unibet as our major sponsors there again and sort of the big praise and on I suppose the biggest thing about all our events to worth noting is as uh, some of you may know there's two Angus societies in the country our events, is, our events are open to all so whether you register with us or a member of us there's no problem bring your cattle out we want to see the best show of Angus cattle that we have and um, the final thing I'd say just on events as well is We've got an exceptional new development program and um, our Irish coordinator, Niall Lynch, does a super job in making sure it runs smoothly and making sure that we've um, a super team going over to the finals. So there'll be a finals against the UK um, in September, but there's, there's three workshops. Now, just because you go to a workshop doesn't mean you'll be going to the final. It doesn't mean you even have to enter. We're there to train up the youth of today or even people that are just new to the breed don't have to be young people and um, there'll be hands-on clipping washing grooming stock judging whatever and um, there'll be people there to ask the first of them is on the 24th of june in john mackerel's place in old castle and um, and again i just stress it open to everyone doesn't matter what breed you're in or what age you are, um, there'll definitely be something to learn for everyone that covers our linster region the 8th of july um, will be on Dr. Fliss McGrath's or Technical Director's Farm, Martin Alone. Um, that's outside Ballinus Slow in County Galway. That is shoot off to Connacht. And then the last one is the 22nd of July, and that's on my own farm down here in Band here in North Cork. Um, and again, everyone's welcome to that. Um, just touch base with us, there's no problem with that. Perfect. And the details and the sign up for it can be found through the website, I suppose, or the Aberdeen Angus Youth Development. Yeah. We, 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 we're pushing out um, the youth development days more going forward now over the next two months just to make sure uh, everyone's aware that they're on. Yeah. Um, so just go back to the, the autumn extravaganza. What dates is that on this year or is it six yet? We're the 7th and the 8th of October. So back down in Turles Mark again. Okay. Good tip. Um, so Shane, what is the process of becoming a new member and registering your pedigree calves to the Aberdeen Angus Association? Yeah, so look, it's very simple. Look, uh, we probably made it simpler again last year with the new website. We also have a join us section. It allows you to put in the preliminary information that we need to get you started. Um, and we'll post you out any other membership forms that need to be filled in. Um, we'll just get you to sign a few documents or the herd owner needs to sign a few documents to give us access to your herd. So like I spoke with the app where we've went to a member's herd profile so we can see it in front of us so that when you're registering calves, they can come straight through to us. Apart from that, we're fully linked with the department. So if you put in a pedigree name um, on your calf when you're registering it for your blue card, it will come straight through to us um, and you'll have your cert in once it's genotyped. We genotype all males um, and have been doing for the last five years. And... Um, the reason for this was we need to be ensure that any cattle killed through producer groups are what they are. Um, and it also protects us because it picks up any inaccuracies that might happen to dam lines as well. Over the last three years, we're myostatin testing all males as well. So for the price of your registration for your male, you get free genotype, you get free myostatin, and you get your pedigree certificate. Um, all females are genotyped once they come into the breeding herd. Um, so that's at two years old or three years old, whenever you want the cat. <coughs> Apart from that, look, if they're, if they're animals that are coming from our herd book, um, we'll deal with you, there's no problem, we'll just do a direct transfer. If they're coming from a different herd book, it didn't have to be genotyped before they come into our herd book. But look, we make it as seamless as possible for you, don't worry, just pick up the phone and talk to them. So we've uh, John Smith inside there as well, in internship for the next nine months, um, and he's, Proven to be super as well, and he's delighted to have your calls. Very good. Um, then on genotyping and myostatin testing, would that be something you bring into all the females registered in the near future, Shane? 
Yeah, so we have, we have a number of members that are actually part of a pilot scheme. We're part of a pilot scheme down here with ICBF, where it's DNA calf registration from birth. So we actually don't get our blue card until uh, the DNA results are back. So my females are coming through that, and when the data comes through to us, we actually run the myostatin pipeline and all the females as well. So that when you get out your pedigree search, you can make the most informed decision going forward. If you genotype uh, a female with us that has come into the herd, we'll give you a myostatin run as well. On that note, like I suppose, how important do you believe adapting technologies such as ICBF evaluations and I suppose like that genotyping and uh, sire and dam verifying are to achieving more profitable and sustainable Angus cattle? Really, really important, I suppose. Only then can you make informed decisions. Um, but again, that's highly accurate. We're doing sire and dam verify. We're doing myostatin. But when it comes to evaluations, it's only as good as the information that goes into it. So we have to be sure that all our membership and all their customers are putting in accurate information so that when we go breeding into the future, that we're making the most accurate decisions. Because unless the information is coming in right at the start, then we're based on all our breeding decisions on accurate information. So look, it's coming more and more relevant. I think if we're a genotype from birth nationally, there'd be nobody in the world that can touch us on accuracy because because of the integrated system I was on about, that we have kill weights, um, age of slaughter, uh, calving records, um, where that animal was for every stage of its life, contemporary groups for that animal for every stage of its life. Um, so we're really getting the, the most out of that information because at the moment, look, there's a lot of animals down there as just a breed. They're not even down as a sire. So like that animal is going through its whole life cycle. And there's information going in about that animal because it can't attribute to a sire. The information has been lost. So genotyping from birth definitely will... Uh, help advance us more and increase the, the reliability of all our figures and put us really as the, the main leader on a global scale when it comes to information and data production. Okay, look, we, we'll leave it at that, Shane. Thanks very much for your time and I suppose best wishes to yourself and your Mercury Herd and the Aberdeen Angus Association in the future. Thanks very much, very much appreciated and the same to you. Uh, you do a super job, so keep it up. Thanks, Shane. That's all we've time for on this week's episode of the Angus to the Fore podcast. If you'd like to find out more information discussed in the interview, visit irishaberdeenangus.com or on any of their social media pages. There's plenty more podcast episodes on the way, so stay tuned. As mentioned earlier in this episode, we are now one of five finalists in the Certified Irish Angus Beef Schools competition, sponsored by ABP and Keepak where we will receive five Irish Angus calves at the National Ploughing Championships in September and we hope to meet many of you, our listeners, at this event. To follow our project to date, access to our innovative bullfinder, videos, new podcast episodes, news and much more, visit angusofthefore.com. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you back here soon.